0: Today in the first reading we meet Samuel, who's a kind of fascinating and unique character in the history of Israel. And in many ways, kind of one of the clearest uh, foreshadowings of Christ uh, in the Old Testament, in his kind of triple office. So Jesus came as priest, prophet, and king. And, and Samuel kind of lives that out uh, beforehand in his own life. So he was born of Hannah, who was barren, and asked the Lord, for a child and promised to consecrate her child to the Lord uh, should he give her one. And so Samuel's born and she consecrates him uh, in the tabernacle and and raises him as a Nazarite. So Nazarites, Samson probably being the most famous Nazarite, were those who uh, were given over to the Lord. They drank no strong drinks and no alcohol. Uh, They didn't touch their heads with a razor, so their hair just continued to grow and their beards continued to grow. Uh, and they were always remained ritually clean. So they were kind of set apart. So no, they weren't allowed to come near any dead bodies or many other things uh, having to do with ritual cleansings. And, and Samuel functions as a priest. You know, it's, it's likely that he was part of a priestly family. We're not absolutely sure. But he functions as, as a priest in Israel. And also, obviously, as a prophet. We see in the scriptures today, the Lord kind of calls him to his mission as a prophet in Israel. And finally, he's the, he's the final judge of, of Israel, which the judges were uh, functionally kings. You know, they, they ruled over Israel and protected them. Uh, but they, uh, it's during Samuel's life that, that they demand a king. Uh, so he wasn't actually their king. But in that role as priest, prophet, and judge, he kind of foreshadows Christ, uh, who comes as priest, prophet, and king. So it's a kind of a special calling in, in the history of Israel. And it's from the very beginning of his life that he does this, which is also interesting. You know, you see many uh, prophets called out of their normal daily life to prophesy to Israel. But Samuel was like, since, a little, since being a small child, was called to that. You know, we have uh, Elisha, who was a farmer, and he was plowing the ground when Elijah calls him to be uh, the new prophet. Uh, and Amos, who was uh, a tender of sycamore trees, so basically he ran an orchard. And then he was called uh, to prophesy to Israel. But Samuel was from, from childhood called to do that. Uh, and it wasn't an easy life for him. Uh, it was actually during his lifetime uh, that Israel kind of rejects the Lord as their king and, and calls for a worldly king. And, uh, and in that, I guess, he faced, he faced a lot of hardship. That. And But with this fascinating kind of case of, of Samuel in mind, I kind of want to look today and meditate on the divine call that we all receive. Uh, the Lord's calling to us. What can we learn uh, from these scriptures about God's calling? So I think in, in our lives, we all at some point receive a divine call. Kind of a definitive one, but then many others through kind of day-to-day life. So I think sometimes, uh, like Samuel or like St. Paul, we kind of get this audible calling from the Lord. We hear the Lord's voice calling us to do something uh, and it's forceful and obvious. Uh, or like, like Elisha, who I mentioned, uh, maybe the call comes from another person, but we know it's really from the Lord, uh, that someone else kind of speaks the Lord's words to us. And then, But I think more, more often than not, most of us, uh, God's call comes to us in kind of these uh, subtle but Forceful nudges from the Lord, uh, He kind of just sends us in a certain direction, and, or, or just like the the tug of the gospel. You know, you hear the gospel and you feel convicted by the by it, or the witness of other Christians. Right? I think that's a fairly common um, that we just see someone living the Christian life well and we feel uh, the Lord calling us through that, or finally maybe just like a yearning in our heart for something that the world can't give, so we kind of yearn for something more than what we're getting from this world. Uh, so our gospel today is the, is the call of the first apostles. I think in this, uh, in this call we see kind of the model of the way that the Lord calls all of us in our lives. Uh, kind of the prototype of the Christian life. Um, and, and not just when we enter this life, but probably more, more likely uh, just the day-to-day call that the Lord gives us. So John the Baptist sees Jesus pass by and knows that this is the moment to send his disciples to Jesus. He is the forerunner of Christ. He knows his mission more than anybody else. Uh, probably in history, he's known from his childhood that he's called to be the forerunner, uh, that he's called to be kind of the new Elijah. And, but he knows in this moment, as Jesus passes by, that it's time for him to send his own disciples off to be with Jesus. And he also knows... Interestingly, that he's not called to be one of the apostles, uh, which I was—I was always kind of bewildered by. Why was John the Baptist of all people not one of the apostles? Uh, But he knows he's not called to be, so he just says, "Behold, the Lamb of God," and that's all he has to say. And his disciples leave and go and follow Jesus, Uh, which means that he has prepared their hearts well, that he has discipled them well, first to know that uh, to trust him, that he would recognize the Messiah when he came, uh, but also. Uh, to, to not have anything that they can't leave behind. To, to be willing to leave everything to follow uh, the one who was to come, uh, the Messiah. So I think that's, that's our first lesson that the gospel teaches us today is to always be prepared to hear the voice of the Lord. What are we doing to actually prepare our hearts so that when God calls us, we're actually ready to answer? Uh, I think uh, an awareness in the prayer life is so uh, key to being able to answer the call when God gives it to us. Uh, what's kind of holding us back that we need to overcome in order that when the Lord calls us to a specific mission, we're ready to answer that call. And so Jesus realizes these men are following him and turns around and just says simply, what are you looking for? Which is really the human question. That's, uh, that's kind of the question everybody asks in their life. You know, what, what are we looking for in life? I think it's always kind of the same for all generations. Happiness, kind of looking for meaning, some meaning beyond ourselves, uh, some rest from kind of the rat race of this world. And those, are, all, those are, are the things that we're always longing for, but they seem to kind of be outside of our grasp all the time. Uh, so they ask Jesus where he's staying, uh, that they may go and stay with him, and he just sa- simply says, come and you will see. And so it's interesting that the that the initial call that Jesus gives to his disciples has nothing to do with his preaching they haven't even heard his preaching yet uh, and they, so they don't know his doctrines they don't know what, he's, what he teaches they follow him because of who he is they're, they're after him uh, and so that's always the initial call of the Christian life that we're always called to follow after the Lord Not, it's, it's rarely uh, a specific teaching that compels us uh, to follow the Lord it's, it's usually him and his person and that's why he came uh, was that he may show us who he is, not necessarily any particular things, those, though those things are important, but they always follow upon discipleship uh, of Christ. And it's obviously compelling enough uh, that Andrew goes and finds Peter and says, we have found the Messiah. He doesn't even know Jesus yet, but he knows uh, just from following after him for that one afternoon uh, that this is the Messiah and we must follow him. And so this is kind of a fascinating exchange that we have in our gospel. And so now, what what can we, how how can we apply this to our own spiritual lives? What can we learn from all of this? Uh, So we find ourselves in America today in a a time when 80% of people in this country are baptized, maybe even more, uh, but maybe 50% go to church on any kind of regular basis. And beyond that, you know, how many actually engage their spiritual lives and, and do something about it, you know, actually cultivate a prayer life. I think Bishop Thomas uh, gave a really tough homily with all the hard numbers, you know, of that uh, at the dedication of All Saints Chapel. Uh, so if you, it's in the newsletter if you want to look at the numbers. I won't repeat them today because it's not really the point of my homily. Uh, it's, I more just wanted to point out that that shouldn't ever be a surprise for us because the Christian life just isn't the wide and easy road. It's, uh, discipleship is always difficult. You know, the Lord never calls us to comfort, so we shouldn't expect always to have huge numbers, you know, because it's just not an easy life. We look at the men in, uh, who are called today, you know, just a little snapshot of their life to kind of give us a vision of what being a disciple is. Uh, Samuel, who was the prophet uh, and the priest and judge... During his life he witnessed this horrendous battle In which Israel's whole army was destroyed And the Ark of the Covenant was taken away For the first time ever They lost the Ark to the Philistines uh, And obviously a depressing moment And during that time The sons of the high priest were killed in that, in that battle And then when the high priest himself received news of it He he falls off his chair and breaks his neck and dies And so uh, just a depressing course of events uh, And And then just after that Israel rejects God as their king and demands that, that they have a worldly king. Uh, and so Samuel's life was just kind of full of hardship and suffering. And then we look at the apostle John, who was one of the first two called, uh, who who witnessed the crucifixion. He was the only one who stayed, and he witnessed his Messiah dying, uh, not knowing yet that he would rise from the dead. And then after after he rises, John goes out to preach the gospel. And, the, and in Rome, they try to martyr him, they fail, and so they just exile him to you know, an island in the middle of the Mediterranean, uh, the island of Patmos. And Andrew, who, who goes out on mission to East Russia and is preaching all the, the gospel all through Eastern Russia, uh, is crucified for the Lord uh, and is martyred for him. And finally, Peter, who, who Andrew goes and finds his brother, uh, after kind of founding churches, you know, in Antioch, and then founding a church in Rome is also crucified for the Lord uh, and martyred for Him. And so we look at like what this is. This is what discipleship is. Uh, and so there's a there's a great quote from Saint Teresa of Avila, who uh, who said, "Lord, if if this is how you treat your friends, it's no wonder you have so few." <laughs> and, and so why do I mention persecution? And I think it's it's because. You know, are we likely to be persecuted in our country? Who knows what the future will look like. But what matters is that when we finally receive our call from the Lord, this divine call that sends us out on mission, uh, it it gives us the strength and joy to endure anything, joyfully. We see that the apostles joyfully endured martyrdom for the Lord because they knew the mission that they were sent on on. was so much bigger than that uh, and so much more joyful. And I often feel redundant in my preaching, though you guys haven't heard my preaching, so this is hopefully new to you. But... uh, but I just, I just always find myself saying over and over again how important relationship with the Lord is. Uh, but then I also find that how often I need to kind of be reminded of that in my spiritual life. So I find myself reminding everyone else in order to remind myself. I don't know. But, uh, but the mission is always the same. The goal is always the same, to give our lives completely over to Christ. Uh, but it also results in a, in a diverse and beautiful church. That although kind of the fundamental call of Christianity is, the, is always the same... Uh, the individual call is always totally unique because the Lord is calling us each to something uh, that, that is for us personally. Uh, and I think as Americans, we find ourselves more in the position of Samuel who slept in the, he slept in the tabernacle it, it, right next to the Ark of the Covenant for his whole childhood, uh, which is actually against the law, but it didn't seem like anybody cared and Samuel definitely didn't seem to care. He just wanted to sleep next to the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, And St. Augustine says, you know, love and then do what you will. So Samuel loved the Lord, and so the Lord basically, there was no law for that child who loved the Lord. Uh, And although he had slept next to the tabernacle for his, or slept in the tabernacle for his whole childhood, he still didn't know the Lord. So when he called, he actually didn't recognize him. Uh, Which is interesting, but I think for us who were baptized before we remember being baptized, which would probably most Christians in, uh, in this country, baptized as a child, it, our call is more of a reawakening to the call that we've already received as an infant. So the Lord called us in baptism, but as we grow in our relationship with him, we come to know that mission in which he is calling us. Uh, and we can either, we're always free, so we can either accept this call, Uh, As his disciples in the gospel did, and as Samuel did, uh, or we can reject it. We see the story of the rich young man in the gospel who who comes to Jesus and says, What must I do to attain eternal life? He says, Follow the commandments. And he says, I've followed all the commandments. He says, Well, sell everything and come and follow me. Uh, And the rich man walks away sad because he has too many possessions. His possessions take possession of him. And so he's unable to follow the Lord. Uh, So today, we ask the Lord to prepare our hearts to do whatever is necessary that when he calls us, we can answer that call. to Kind of give us the ears uh, to hear him and the courage to say with Samuel, uh, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And with the psalmist uh, in our psalm today, here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. Amen.